we've got to also learn to depend on each other. Find those anchors of encouragement that you can turn to when when your day is just crumbling and and you begin to question, you know, is it really me or is what they're saying really true and and how do I do it? We can turn to each other and and gain encouragement there as well. Did you finally realize your dream of having a family only to have your happily ever after turn into a nightmare? Do you find yourself up late at night wondering why nothing you try as a parent is working? Are you searching for adoption resources and a support team but can't find any? Hi neighbor, welcome to Anchors of Encouragement. I'm Tim Maudlin, husband, adoptive parent, Bible class teacher, and ambassador of encouragement. I too felt the joy of having a family of my own. I wish we could be like other adoptive families. I knew we were doing our best, but nothing seemed to work. I kept asking myself, why is this happening to us? Life can be tough. Storms in life are inevitable. In Anchors of Encouragement, my mission is to throw adoptive parents a lifeline and be your anchor, to offer biblical mindset support and provide stability when life gets unstable. If you're ready for real and raw talk that leads to peace beyond comprehension, so you not only survive but thrive in life's storms, this podcast is for you. Hope and healing are on the way. Hi, neighbor. Joining me on the show today is my friend, brother, and anchor of encouragement, David Dodd. David is my neighbor from Kentucky. He is a husband, father, and gospel preacher. Also, depending upon which side of the euchre table he is sitting on, he is either my partner or foe. David has been and is a daily blessing in my life. David, I'm excited to have you on the show to share your wisdom with us. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself before we get into today's topic. Well, Tim, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of the the message and encouragement that you're sending to to such a broad platform. Uh, I'll just start by saying I hope that my contributions today will resonate with some in the audience and and hopefully benefit them in some way. But in in answer to your question, I've, I've been a gospel preacher now for a little over twenty five years. Uh, my wife and I have been married for over 33, and uh, I will say I'm uh, not nearly the man I used to be because of your podcast. Uh, <laughs> I uh, Through your podcast, even though I'm not adopted, I've come to learn and appreciate the fact I had suffered some birth trauma in my own life, and uh, it's led me to realize that I had become psychologically addicted to sugar. And I'm happy to say that as of today, it's been 324 days without sugar or uh, imitation sweeteners uh, and uh, down about 66 pounds from what I was this time last year. So it uh, it is possible. That's amazing. Folks, you get out there and just do it. <laughs> that is amazing. And the episode that 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 uh, topic was on is episode 18 with Dr. Joan Kent. You were telling me you were listening to it and you were going to to start that and now you're close to a year no sugar yes. that's just amazing so congratulations on that and as we were talking Thank before you. we started you're almost half the man i used to know so <laughs> <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> but you, i know you feel a lot better and that's just awesome that you came to that realization and have been able to make these adjustments in your life so you know, this podcast deals with uh, adoption trauma, but 
the principles that we talk about really can be applied to different kinds of trauma. So uh, I say this podcast is primarily for adoptive parents, but it can be for others as well. And you are a good example of that. So thank thank you for sharing uh, that update with us about your transformation that you've been going through this past year. Today, we want to to talk about something that uh, I think is going to resonate with not only adoptive parents, but people who have experienced trauma and discouragement. I, I mentioned in the introduction that uh, David is one of my anchors of encouragement. Well, we're both on speed dial with each other. And absolutely, I, I know that uh, unless David has something that's very pressing, I can text him and we'll receive a phone call within a matter of minutes. And I have a well-worn path at the top of my property that I go back and forth on as David and I have talked a lot over the past several years. Uh, he has been one of the ones who has really helped myself navigate some of the challenges that our adoption trauma has presented. A conversation we recently had is the motivation for our conversation we want to have with you today. And the the idea came about from an adoptive parent who had expressed a desire to let trauma responses slide off of his back like water off a duck's back. And when I mentioned this idea of water off a duck's back, David was telling me a story about when he was younger and duck hunting with his dad. And I want to get in, let him tell you that story. And then we're going to to look at this concept and metaphor of water off a duck's back as a way to be able to handle, process, and deal with discouragement as it relates to uh, trauma, adoption trauma, and so forth. So, David, can you relate that story to us? Because it was pretty fascinating, something you learned from your dad to begin with. Sure. It, um, dad was always conscientious about whether we were actually hunting or fishing, that if, if we were in a situation where we could be observing that animal in its natural habitat, that we would just watch it to see what its natural actions were. And uh, one of the things that used to amuse me was, was how that a duck would just sit there and just seemingly just put a kink in his neck, trying to, to groom his feathers. And, and it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And, and dad explained that there's an oil gland near the base of the tail that they are turning around and they are massaging with their beak and it actually produces a an oily waxy mixture and that they have to then spread that mixture over every single feather Uh, i can't count the number of feathers on a duck but i know it's a lot and uh, so they spend a lot of time doing this but they do it so that they can float they do it so that the water does not penetrate the the layers of their feathers, but it also protects them from from diseases that that would be naturally in the water. And so it's just one of those things that I thought was almost comical. You know, it looked like the duck was just about to twist his neck off, and mm-hmm. and that explained that there was a very practical, God given reason for what they were doing. I've since learned they spend about thirty percent of their day preening their feathers both before they get into the water and when they come out. And so I thought that was kind of interesting as well. They they spent a lot of time doing this. That has since become, because people uh, have observed that, you know, for centuries, 
And then this idiom, this phrase, water off a duck's back, has come to be applied to people that they just let things roll off rather than absorb things that can be painful, you know, psychologically or emotionally. People just let them roll off just like water rolls off a duck's back. And so we sure. want to we want to take that metaphor and see how we can learn from what a duck does to protect itself because God has given it the ability to protect itself, but it requires, as you said, a third of their day effort into applying what he has given them to, you know, protect them from disease and water and everything. So one of the pillars of this podcast is biblical guidance. I'm offering biblical mindset support for adoptive parents. And I thought, well, who better to have talk about this than a gospel preacher? So we want to look at practical biblical ways that this metaphor can be applied. And uh, I'll let you just start from there, David, and and take us on this uh, this journey. We can kind of figure out how we can apply this concept to our lives. Well, I think it's important for us to not listen to what society tries to shove down our throats. And that is that uh, every day should be butterflies and unicorns and every day should be just wonderful. And, and if I'm not happy, then, then it's because somebody else has made me unhappy and they shouldn't do that. Hmm. Well, the fact is there are going to be some things that happen to us that are not what we wanted it to be. People are going to say things, even though sometimes they may be well-intentioned in what they're saying, uh, and sometimes they're just being hurtful for the sake of being hurtful. We, we've got to understand that's not something strange. You know, I, one, of, one of my favorite passages that kind of uh, smacked me in the face as a, as a young man is First Peter chapter 4 and, and verse 12. And, and Peter is saying, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Now, not everything is a fiery trial, but if he can say about fiery trials that they're not, not strange, then I think we can look at just about anything else in life and say, well, okay, it's just going to be part of what happens in our daily life. And so the first thing is to recognize that you're not, there's not something wrong with you just because your day is not going well. Uh, but we need to, to also learn how to take ownership of that and, and take control of how it affects us. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a, a good point because some of this stuff is just life. There are going to be hardships. There are going to be trials. How we choose to process them is a big indicator of whether we have prepared ourselves in advance. Do we react or do we respond? And so exactly. that's, that's one of the things I've learned in my journey here is on specifically dealing with the adoption trauma stuff is do I react or do I respond? And a lot of it goes into the preparation that I have taken upon myself to equip myself to, as we were using this metaphor, let it roll off of me. So let's just continue with this because this, this has a lot of uh, practical application. Well, and it's one of those things, just like the duck, you have to spend a lot of time, some some days more than others, but you have to spend time preparing yourself. You know, we don't need to uh, somehow fool ourselves into thinking that, well, okay, I can work really hard at this for a week and I'll never have to worry about it again the rest of my life. 
you know, how long would a duck last if, if all they did was preen their feathers one time or spent a whole week preening their feathers and then decided, well, that hurt my neck too much. I'm just not going to do that anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it takes a, a, a daily effort to work through these things and to process these things. I have come across a statement uh, recently that I thought was really impactful and and it's helped me a little bit. Uh, Of course, preachers get all kinds of of statements made, both good and bad. And and so we just kind of have to learn to to work through both sides of that. And and the, the, the concept is challenge and replace or reframe those negative words or, or the negative thoughts that maybe you even generate within your own mind. And the first thing you have to do is ask yourself, is what you're thinking or is what has been said about you? Is it true? And, okay. and the, the follow-up to that is kind of a flow chart, if you will. If it is true, then what can I learn from it? What can I do to improve myself or make it better? If it's not true, then we need to reject it. And, and we need to just get rid of it and not let it dwell in us because the more we dwell on something that is not true, you know, how do you change a falsehood to truth? You just hear it repeated over and over and over enough times you begin to believe it. But if it's not true, reject it. And then if it's not true, also take the time to kind of reflect on what, especially if it's something somebody said to us, what have I said or done in my interactions with them that that might have caused them to feel this way or to think this about me. And therefore, even though it's not true and you're going to essentially flush this negative response, we can still learn from it by figuring out maybe ways that we can deal with that person differently than we have in the past. I've recently talked about this because there's been, well, personal experience. I just start there. Personal experience one of the the things that exasperated the the struggles and challenges we were facing were comments from the sidelines from people who didn't understand it didn't know what the dynamic was we were dealing with and so i like this process you're explaining to us that we need to you know listen to it uh, at least for the first time <laughs> you know right at least right. listen to it and I know with my wife and myself, we were our worst critics, wondering, you know, what we could have done differently, what we were doing wrong, that type of thing. And then, as you said, that narrative starts to become a reality when you repeat it over and over. And that was one of the challenges that we had to finally address and say, okay, we know things are difficult. We know we're doing our best. And so when things when when things are said that are frankly hurtful, we have to figure out a way to let it roll off of us. So what are some of the ways that you can help us to do that? Because that's uh, an internal dialogue that I had with myself, but it's also a dialogue that was coming at me from other people. So how would you how would you use scripture to help us process that? You know. Kind of in in conjunction with what we read from First Peter just a few moments ago, recognize we're not alone. Recognize mm-hmm. that this isn't something unique that is happening to us. And and I can even add to this: even Christ Himself said in in Matthew chapter five and verse twelve, when He's talking about what you know, preparing His disciples for what they're going to be facing in the future, 
He said, remember, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And and then he even enhances this, John does in John chapter 15 and 20, whenever he says, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So recognize, number one, it's not unusual. Mm-hmm. But then what, what do you do about it? Well, I, I kind of, I can't help but think about uh, first uh, Second Corinthians chapter 4. Um, Paul is writing to the brethren in Corinth, basically kind of giving a, an update on his progress as he is preaching in other places. And and keep in mind, all the things that he has had to endure, the shipwreck and the and the persecution and, and being jailed wrongfully and and it just goes on and on and on, beaten you know numerous times. But whenever I get to to Second Corinthians chapter four, verse eight, he says, "We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed." And then he goes on, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And and then he goes on, verse 13. I, I really love this verse. He says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. So whenever I look at this, I, I realize Paul is just saying, okay, we can we can go back to the psalmist. I think that quote comes from Psalm 116. We can look back to the psalmist and recognize that even as he endured so much and yet he didn't give up, then that gives me hope, as Paul would be saying here. It gives me hope to not give up. But he also says, because of Christ and all that he endured and all that he endured for me internalize this and realize he suffered for you. And, and so therefore, okay, yes, I'm going to suffer too, but my suffering isn't without purpose. My suffering isn't without cause. So there is something to be gained from it. And so again, kind of going back a little bit to this metaphor regarding the water off a duck's back, this duck has to spend a great deal of time every day massaging in this oil. We need to be able to go to God's word and to, to recognize, number one, we're not alone. Recognize the numerous examples throughout the Old and the New Testament where individuals suffered one, one level of suffering or another. You know, not all suffering is the same, but, but we can still deal with it by leaning on God and, and recognizing the examples he's provided for us through his holy word gives us even more encouragement. But then, Tim, I, I believe like you have, have so aptly put throughout this entire podcast, we've got to also learn to depend on each other. Find those anchors of encouragement that you can turn to when when your day is just crumbling and and you begin to question, you know, is it really me or is what they're saying really true? And and how do I do it? We can turn to each other and and gain encouragement there as well. Well, that's one of the reasons the conversations you and I have on a, a regular basis have helped because, you know, being able to turn to someone who is not in the trial at the moment or in that specific trial has really helped to reinforce the 
the way I process some of these challenges. I know recently I was in a Facebook group with uh, other adoptive parents and one mother just posted, why is it so hard? Mm-hmm. And I didn't answer why it was hard. I said, I just want you to know I understand. And I want you to know you are not alone. And she liked that response. And then I said, I hope you understand when I say this, it's not that we are wishing these challenges on anybody else, but there is a level of comfort and encouragement when you realize you aren't the only one going through this. And she said, I understand. It's not, I don't wish it on anybody, but the fact that, as you said, these types of challenges, they aren't new. They, they, you know, there's nothing new under the sun as Solomon told us. There's nothing new. So it's really comforting to know, okay, other people have been going through this, are going through this, will go through this and have gotten through this. I can too. Exactly. And and we need to stop listening to society tell us that because we reach out for help, that it's some sort of a sign of weakness on our part. Mm-hmm. No, I believe it takes probably the most courage somebody can muster to be able to open themselves up and and pour out their heart to somebody else and just say, look, it seems like you've probably been through something similar to this. How can I get through this? Mm-hmm. That you're, you're opening yourselves up to a, a level of vulnerability that most of us are not comfortable with. Right. Yeah, that's... that takes courage. That's been hard for me because when this, these things first started to, to happen and we started to receive not only our internal dialogue where we were questioning our own parenting, but when people were telling us how bad of parents we were, we, mm-hmm. I just re, retreated into the shadows. But at some point, I realized it was my choice. I can't help what they say. But I can choose what I believe. And like you said earlier, it's healthy to examine our own conduct to make sure we aren't doing something wrong. But if we realize that we're doing the best we can, then it's time to to lean on other people, to lean on God. I love the psalm that you cited in Psalm 116. I would encourage everybody to read that because you can just see the process that these inspired writers went through to overcome challenges that they were facing. It's interesting that the real and raw emotions that they express in a lot of these Psalms were inspired for them to share with us today. And I believe one of the reasons they were inspired to share with us so we could learn how to process and navigate the challenges we face. So that again is Psalm 116. Just Read that on your own and and sit with that text. I I completely agree with you, and and it's and you and I have used the the expression a few times before. You just kind of have to take something and and read it and just kind of massage it for a few days and and see how the different ways it works into your life, mm-hmm. and and just make the best application you can from it. And so kind of like this duck massaging the the preening gland, you just kind of have to work it in. And and get the application where it belongs, everywhere that it does belong. There is a real healing component and nature to God's word. And uh, another friend of mine put it this way. It's a bomb. It, it's something mm-hmm. 
that you can apply that will heal these wounds. And yes. she used the analogy of uh, having your soul rubbed with or scraped with sandpaper. It's that's raw. And speaking from personal experience, there are real and raw emotions that you're feeling. And when you can internalize and process and sit with God's word, there is just something that escapes our comprehension as Philippians mm-hmm. chapter four would, will tell us that mm-hmm. there's a peace that God will envelop us with that is able to heal these wounds. So these are great ideas that uh, I believe we can all start to incorporate into our lives when we are processing this stuff that goes on. I, I think it's also uh important for us to understand just how powerful and meaningful God's word is. Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, his divine power has given all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Everything that we could possibly need as answers or guidance or help in this life pertaining to life itself as well as our pursuit of godliness, is is given us in God's word. And and I think that it's it's a shame that we have reached a point where it is so easy for us to allow ourselves to be identified by either our mistakes or the accusations that others are hurling against us when everybody's going to make mistakes. It's what we do with those mistakes. God intends for us to have and to experience his peace. He intends for us to have and to enjoy his biblical defined joy. And that's not happy, funny, ha-ha, you know, rainbows and unicorns. It's a privilege to recognize what God expects of us and to be able to do it. But that joy and that peace that that he gives us, it leads to a contentment. And so mm-hmm. if, if I can go back to this analogy of, of the duck, you know, this is an oily and a waxy substance that is coming out of this preening gland that the duck is massaging over all of his feathers. One of the two things that we need the most in our life right now to help protect us from the injurious things that people say about us or the things that happen to us, how we internalize those things. We need to understand the joy that God intends for us to have. We need to understand the peace of God that he intends for us to have. And he describes that actually as being something that is beyond our ability to understand. But I want to to hasten to add to that. It's beyond those who are without Christ or without God in their life, it's beyond their ability to understand. Mm -hmm. But that then brings us to that contentment that even Paul talked about how he had to learn contentment. You know, these are things we have to learn. These are things that we have to try to put into our life. And and I believe, as you referenced one of your earlier podcasters, that, that it does then become the balm that soothes our soul and and heals our soul mm-hmm. and and helps us to be all that God intends for us to be. It takes effort on our part to avail ourselves of what God has given us. But just like he equipped the duck with 
the ability to protect itself. He has equipped us if we are willing to apply what he has given us. And so these are great points that we can begin to incorporate into our lives. As we wrap this up, I'd like to end each episode with a daily doable. And what would you say would be a daily doable for someone who needs to deflect the criticisms, uh, the internal dialogue that they are experiencing? Well, I, I would say don't wait for others to dictate how you should feel about yourself. Instead, look for the biblical joy. Look for the biblical contentment. Look for the biblical peace that God intends for you to have. Take the effort to daily massage that into your soul, and it will have a tremendous impact on on how you view what happens to you throughout your day. That's perfect. And what I will do in the show notes is I will make a list for everyone of the scriptural references that David has given us. And I would encourage you to, you know, read those, uh, sit with the text. As I like to say, journal those, copy them down, let them work on your heart. And I believe they will help you to be able to do what the duck does, you know, massage these things into your life so that things can roll off of you when they come because they will. That's just a fact of life. And it's something you need to be doing on a daily basis. So David, I really appreciate you for the person you are and the encouragement you are and for coming on this show and sharing your wisdom with us today. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate the opportunity. You've, you have been a tremendous blessing in my life and and I hope that I can continue to bless you and others and, and helping to, to look to God's word, I will throw in one more passage that I would like for everybody to take a look at and, and to massage in. I've actually been spending about three weeks massaging this particular text myself, and that's Psalm 37. And uh, I'll, I'll just leave it there. Let them go look it up and read it for themselves. I'm not going to help you draw any conclusions for it, but but I really think it can be helpful in in dealing with this subject. Yeah, I'm turning there now. Yeah, I've uh, as you know, I. I recently taught a whole semester on the Psalms. This is the one, one of the Psalms that we covered. And yeah, check this one out, folks. This is a good one and it will help, help you to do, to navigate these challenges. So again, thanks, David, for being with us. Thank you, Tim. David and I have had hours of conversations like the one you just heard. Every time one of them is over, I have been encouraged by what David has said to me. I hope you were encouraged by today's episode. Please check the show notes out for the list of passages David shared with us. I would encourage you to sit with the text. Write these verses down. I know from my own personal experience, this practice will give you a peace beyond comprehension. It will encourage you on those difficult days. If you know someone this episode would bless, please consider sharing the podcast with them. It's my hope that this podcast and episodes like this will be an anchor of encouragement for someone who needs it. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, this is Tim, encouraging you to do what you can now. If this podcast has given you the courage and confidence to face storms in your life, the number one way you can thank me 
is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Tim Maudlin. You can also connect with me in my Facebook group, Anchors of Encouragement. So until next time, this is Tim encouraging you to do what you can now.